There's room here to negotiate. What if you granted each one of us one wish? You know, like a favor? I mean, does anybody need anything? Oh, just something little, like granola bars in the classroom. Uh, I need help rigging the school vice presidential election. W wait, are these, like, real wishes? I wish for unlimited wishes. What? what, 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 what? Can I change mine? Um, I need blood for the blood god. I think these are fair and reasonable requests. Fair? In return, we'll show up, we'll pay attention, and we'll even do a little homework. Well, go ahead, teach. Summer Vacation by Greg Hansen. <laughs> well, I was stuck in summer school, so it was more of a summer staycation. Wow, I really thought that one would slay. <laughs> Thanks for the help, Dad. The results came in right under the buzzer. It was the last day of school, and we all found out that we had to go to summer school. Immediately, like <laughs> the next day, not even a break for weekends. English waits for no man, as they say. Well, I mean, I guess that's like what my dad says anyway. And my dad also says that his tax dollars are really being well spent because I showed up and our English teacher is a gym teacher in an Aloha <laughs> shirt and a $5 haircut and the rest of the class won't pay attention because they're too busy being drunk or having a baby and he's too busy trying to bang Kirstie Alley and not trying to bang the 16-year-old he lets stay in his home. <laughs> Just like normal public school stuff, right? <laughs> but it was cool because we didn't want to do any work and so Mr. Shoop took us to all of our favorite places in Venice, you know, <laughs> like the go-kart track and the farm and Six Flags. But then we got busted and had to do school, and it was cool because then we turned him into our personal slave in exchange for ultimately <laughs> not passing grades. Like, a lot of us, like, wildly underperformed. Like, not even close. Like, four-year-olds are stupid. <laughs> Uh, it was, like, really fortunate that so many of us had absent parental figures during this time and just <laughs> needed the closest warm body to help us through our various tasks. Like, Denise needed help with driving, and the girl from Saw 2, 3, and 6 needed a coach for her Lamaze class. It was a pretty good summer where we put in the bare minimum of effort, and he almost died for us so many times. <laughs> Unfortunately, the court has recently instated a gag order, so there are a lot of things my dad says I'm not at liberty to discuss because, like, <laughs> underage drinking in the house of a teacher is apparently both 
morally abhorrent and criminally liable, whatever that means. <laughs> I have also been instructed to tell you that this report has been brought to you by Chocodiles, which are definitely better than Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Did I do that right, Dad? Just make, make, sure the, make sure the check clears. Okay, everybody, see you all in class, thanks! <laughs> Freddie Shoot loves to cut class, hates to do homework, lives for summer vacation. Look, Freddie, you're a semi-charming guy and a real snappy dresser. You're just not the kind of guy I date anymore. Yeah, what kind of guy you date now? Oh, the kind who wears socks. And the only reason he hasn't been expelled yet is because he's the gym teacher. I don't know. What do we do now? Do we just slack off? Or, oh, uh, there's a roll call. Jamie Kennedy. I wanna shoot, baby, shoot. <laughs> Josh, Josh Roth. Mr. Shoop and Wondermutt coming this spring to CBS. Did you know the dog was named Wondermutt? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that. Yes. I did get that by love the that. end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Casey Regan. Wait a minute. Like, we just finished recording a podcast last week. Now you tell me I gotta do another one? <laughs> and I hope that you guys know never to call me Greg, because I only go by Big Stabby Knife Knife. <laughs> <laughs> and this is... Summer school. And what a movie. I loved it so much. I almost feel bad talking about it because I feel like we're a little out of this movie's league. Uh, <laughs> and also, frankly, most 80s horndog school comedies are out of this movie's league. Like, all those things we look back on as being super problematic now, they wish they were as wholesome and wonderful and funny as summer school. I mean... Wholesome is wholesome. a questionable. It's it, comparatively, it is the most wholesome. One, yeah, I he mean, makes no romantic advances on the sixteen-year-old who's in sure. love with him. Point. Sure. Two, we have a touching dyslexia B plot that made me cry, guys. Why did this movie make me cry? How much dyslexia discourse was there in nineteen eighty-seven? Because I feel like it was close to nil. Uh, there was the teenage pregnancy that they handled surprisingly. Yeah. I agree with that. Usually I feel like teen pregnancies, even in comedies, are like sort of played either for laughs or like she did something wrong or didn't really know what she was getting into. And she's like kind of absent and stupid. And it's like, no, she was just like digging it and did the responsible thing and kind of got through it. Yeah, I actually thought the relationship between her and the like meathead jock was like really sweet in a way yeah. that I didn't expect. Yeah, I should state for the record, I've never been to summer school, but I did have summer homework growing up. But being the procrastinator that I am is how I got to be like reading a prayer for Owen Meany the night before school started and just being like, if I read a chapter every half hour, I can make it to the end of the book. And then I never did. Uh, so similarly, I did not watch the last 20 minutes of this movie so i'm um, just filling in the blanks as we go guys that's my like summer 15. homework <laughs> when right, we get to the point 15. that you stopped watching i would like to hear um, yeah i would like to hear where <laughs> yes, where you believe the you movie think was headed great, great. version of the movie great. just my rudimentary understanding of like this sort of like 80s teen high school sex comedies i know the big the big ones but I don't really know where this one exists amongst them. Right. Like, how do you compare this to Animal House? How do you compare this to, like, Revenge of the Nerds? Right. Like, obviously, it came later. This is after 
the huge. I imagine the riptide has already started. <laughs> yeah, the post porkies. Oh, oh god, they're everywhere. Duck, duck. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, to me, this this was more of like a Fast Times clone. But yes, mm. yeah. okay. or Days and Confused. When, so considering it is... did, it did kind of rip off Days and Confused opening as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can't because Days and Confused was made five years after the fact. Wait, what? <gasps> I don't or, know or my history. It's the other way. Around. Yeah, Days and Confused is, is ninety five. This is eighty seven. So eight years. Uh, so. Days and Confused ripped this off. I actually think... My goodness gracious. I actually... <laughs> my, my, my pearls. Goodness. Hi. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, Jamie fainted. I actually think this might be a good, like, missing link. This is a nice little Austriopithecus <laughs> between that era of, like, fratty high school comedy and Dazed and Confused. Because a lot of this movie, I found myself being like, God, this could be just a little bit more link letter. All those... Well, Scenes it had to with... be a little later to be Linklater. <laughs> yeah. oh, the missing Linklater? Are you saying that we link... found the missing Linklater? <laughs> yeah, we found the missing link <laughs> Mark Harmon, who is like perfectly fine and charming in yeah. this movie, and whose character is not objectionable, is really like the part when I was least, when they kept like checking back in to be like, my tenure! I was like, I don't give a shit about this guy. <laughs> I, like, I want to know that Rhonda's, ever... how Rhonda's pregnancy is going. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know his meathead jock, like, has he fallen in love? Is he enamored just with the sort of feminine power of, of conceiving and, uh, like, a child Bearing. growing inside you? Is he fucking horned up by pregnant women? I, I, all three of those I was more interested in than Mr. Shoop's job. He does, Well, but the one thing I do question, has a gym teacher ever gotten tenure in high school? Does that happen? I didn't know tenure in high school existed until then. Because we had uh, this, I'm going to dig deep into the Gorham Main archives. One of the biggest controversies <laughs> to ever happen in our school system was when, when I was in middle school, they uh, fired the gym teacher at the high school for reasons that were kind of mixed. They weren't really saying like why it happened. Like at the one side of things, they said maybe it was something inappropriate, but mostly people thought that was just rumors being spread to just besmirch his name. And the school rioted because they fired this this teacher. His first name was Dave. The students started having walkouts in the high school to protect what? their gym, gym teacher. And they hung up signs around the town that said, Save Dave. And they protested the school board meeting until they got this gym teacher back his job. Wow. That's amazing. We saved Dave. <laughs> Whoa. They also, we had to go into lockdown at the middle school because the students came and started pounding on our windows and doors and wouldn't let us leave the school until, like, because they were firing this gym teacher. Oh, man. <laughs> From the high school? Not a cult leader, though. Definitely not a cult leader. <laughs> Absolutely all his relationships with the students sounds like it was probably on the up and up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I had an interesting thing where I really expected to love this movie, and I didn't dislike it. I just was, like, a little underwhelmed. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Okay. I love The Jerk. I think The Jerk is one of mm -hmm. the funniest movies ever made. All the other Carl Reiner movies I've seen have felt lackluster by comparison. And not even because I compare it to The Jerk, but because like he seemed to have peaked there and sometimes then just you like, say everything you want to say like with one and then like there's not much more to go beyond that and i and i had a really similar experience with the movie he made right before this summer rental which is john mm. candy and oh. they both have this sort of like feel good 80s kind of like uh, appropriate for the whole family type vibe even if not necessarily but they both have a really fractured sketchy 
sensibility that I thought actually detracted quite a bit from the movie in a way where I was just like, I don't need a fucking montage of you guys going and having fun. This is bullshit. (laughs) There is so much, there are so many interesting characters and so many interesting things that you've come up with. And my notes are just like, and then they did this and then they did that. And it was just like, it was just like, yo, Carl, chill. Like, let, let a scene ride. It's okay. I agree with that completely because it is very much kind of like, here are the archetypes we're working with. Here We'll set up these montages where, oh, Denise can't drive and the burnouts work at this photo thing. And then this will all come back later when we do the same thing. But Mr. Shoop is also there as well. I think I was just so overwhelmed by Carl handling this so like aptly and not being offended by everything I saw considering <laughs> its time period that like that's kind of what took me off guard. I, yeah, I there have was, to say. There was a lack of skeeviness. Yeah, that's there was like a surprising like, lack of skeeviness. Which I think is like the school of Carl, the Carl Reiner Mel Brooks where like they were such masters of the art of comedy that you can push things to the limit but never to the point where like now today we're like it's like oh no this is you knew how to handle like you knew how to make things timeless i had like a little stint where when i was like 12 like far before i uh smoked weed uh (laughs) i got into a habit clove cigarettes (laughs) <laughs> yeah, black and mild. Shut up! Shut the fuck up, cigarillos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I got into like a, a bit of a tradition with my friend Frankie, where Shout my out. parents would go out on a Friday night to you know go play bridge with their friends or whatever old people do, and swing, swing. They sex <laughs> with the neighbors. Key well. parties. We get fried chicken at Pudgy's and 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 like go to Blockbuster and pick up like a stoner comedy, uh, mm. and so we would do everything but smoke the weed. <laughs> <laughs> But and but maybe like, yeah okay I see where you're going with this yeah. I really and I but I really got down with like especially the 90s version of this right mm-hmm. so the dazed and confused the Wayne's worlds even yeah. to a lesser extent the Stone Age which is a much pervier movie than this sure. but like when we got to something like Fast Times uh, I was always a little like left wanting especially mm-hmm. because I felt like Linklater and company and you know fucking Penelope Spheris and all them like really figured out like the best things about the genre and pushed that and left behind the sketchiness left mm-hmm. behind like we have to have like jokes all the time where it's like it's a comedy but it's not like har har it's it's just like it's comedy because it's kind of feel good it's a coming of age it's more of a drama than anything but it's funny like yeah. and i and that was always something that i felt much more connected to in a way that i like sort of hoped because I'd seen clips from this before we watched it and I knew you know about Dave and Chainsaw and I was like ooh I'm gonna love this and found it to be just just a little yeah there's also I'm and I'm gonna say something and it maybe is or isn't surprising but I kind of hated them (laughs) and and it must be because I see myself in the way that like I watched Lady Bird and I was like the mom in that is like my mom but not really and then my mom was like like, oh, do you see Lady Bird? I hated the mom. She was so unrealistic. And I was just like, it's ah. tough to look in the mirror, I know. <laughs> I remember. And I, was, and I had the same thing where I was like, I was like, I, maybe I hate them because I wanted to be them, but oof. Yeah. oof. It's you if you threw away everything charming about you, Greg. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I'm Big Stabby Knife Knife. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Big, big Stabby Knife Knife. Even me. his mom calls him Big Stabby Knife Knife. <laughs> yeah. Imagine my surprise at starting 
getting a video high movie with the Paramount logo. Oh, I right? know. Yeah, we should we address that this is a little like, outside this is our sort of not our thing. <laughs> to be honest, the reason I picked it was literally because of Dave and Chainsaw. Like nice. that, I mm. thought it was referencing a lot of the movies, and specifically, I guess, just one movie that we talk about sometimes. R- right. Yep. I had never heard of this movie. And I, it does fly under the radar. It doesn't have like its cultural touchstone like the other movies of the genre. And it's fucking Carl Reiner. Like I, it I, should be. Like <laughs> I'm shocked that I didn't know about this movie. I mean, we start this movie off, and there is a a rollicking '80s Casio synth song that truly sounds really, really cheap until you realize that Danny Elfman wrote it and is singing it. The sort of whiplash in my mind of like, wow, this sounds like library music. Oh, this library music is legendary composer Danny Elfman yeah. who's seen Oingo Boingo and Tim Burton movies. It's like yeah. right before he becomes. You gotta cash yeah. some checks sometimes, you know? Yeah, you take this job. You fill the movie with Oingo Boingo B-sides that never made it on anything. <laughs> and then you're like, yes, I've definitely uh, composed other movies. I, I should, I think I can do Batman. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the resume pad yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Screenplay by Jeff Franklin, who was one of the creators of uh, Full House. Yeah. Like, it Which stacked. makes a lot of sense considering how many, like, a very special episode is tied sure, up in, totally. like, the sure. movie. Like, they do, ra- like, probably seven episodes of Full House worth of plot lines <laughs> are wrapped up <laughs> in this movie. Well, well, I suppose that you all remember the English skills test you took last month, hmm? No. I had English. Is that the Tell dot us. to dot puzzle? Yeah, that was it, yeah. yeah. No, I don't remember. I'm not surprised. All of you failed. Your parents have all been notified that you'll be retested after completing the mandatory course in remedial English in summer school. Jamie says no. Josh, Greg, did y'all ever do summer school? No, I went to summer camp every year for six years. I did take (laughs) Latin 1 so I could join all my friends in sophomore year in Latin 2. It's fine. (laughs) Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. The very fact that you took a Latin class over the summer is proof you didn't have friends. So don't be selling (laughs) off this join my friends thing. I mean, after this and her slapping the stinker story, what are you going (laughs) to do? Carpe Uh, (laughs) weom. Seize the stinker. <laughs> the V's are actually pronounced like W's. W's. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. Actually, there's a lot of discussion of whether it's Weechi or Weeki. The hard C sound is actually very important. What, what in the world is happening? <laughs> I don't know. What have we learned this year? Teamwork, sportsmanship, how your friends look naked. You'll notice your great cards are blank. Now, who better to evaluate a student's progress than the student himself? All the kids are getting ready to leave school, very eager. Mr. Shoop, the gym teacher, is inspiring some students in the gym. Uh, played by NCIS's own Mark Harmon. Oh. I had so many jokes about jag-offs, only to realize Mark <laughs> Harmon was not the star of Jag. <laughs> <laughs> I was mistaken. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
somewhere the program director for the PAX channel is like, God damn it, somebody remember Jag. <laughs> <laughs> Vice Principal Gills is addressing the ticketed students who all failed an English exam and have to stay for the titular summer school. Denise comes out of the gate swinging for me as my favorite character in this movie because he's like, you may all remember your English test you took last month. And Denise just goes, I had English. <laughs> yeah. You have the class and it's those it's it, they are all the archetypes of the like standards 1980s high school film but they all are individually interesting and played I think really well by the actors in every role. Josh, would you say you see them as more than just a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess <laughs> and a criminal? I would change. <laughs> The nerd character, Alan, played by uh, Richard Horowitz, a prolific voice actor and the voice of Invader Zim. Big deal. Oh. Whoa. I mean, No wonder is. he had a crazy fucking voice. Right. Yeah, right. It is a wild-ass voice that this guy had. It immediately explains it. It's like, why are you... I didn't know he even had a live-action career. And I think it might have been just this. What was his name? Alan. Because, oh, yeah, I had him down as low-T dumb nerd. <laughs> football dummy. Uh, sleepy guy. Sleepy, sleepy guy, guy, Larry. No focus, Lolita. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> Pego Rhonda. Besides Rhonda, yeah, the only other name I got was Jerome, but Jer you do I, not need you know, to remember you know, Jerome. You know Jerome. <laughs> yeah, Jerome really gets the short end of the stick. I did movie. write down, where is Jerome? <laughs> I did like that, though, as like a, a nice little callback. It's the greatest. Yeah, well, this the is... callback to that is. Well, oh, wait, wait, Jamie, you don't know is, about yeah, that. No, I don't know about Oh! <laughs> In the post-Jamie time. Every movie now, they pre-sell the product placement. This one did the same damn thing, I'll tell you that fucking oh, much. This exactly. movie had the most obvious product placements of any movie that we've watched so far. <laughs> so many. Yeah, like Pepsi Machine, uh, you know, in the middle of a fight scene with a dinosaur is like one thing. It's a different thing to to have Kirstie Alley and Mark Harmon talking about teaching, and one of them goes, you really need to try this Pop-Tart. And the other <laughs> one goes, no, I'm cool, I'm having a Chocodile. Yeah. Which was a Twinkie <laughs> dipped in chocolate, you maniac. That's my dream, that's yeah. my dream. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. fuck your arteries. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Paramount movie. Carl Reiner directs it. He has and a small cameo. And he has a small he cameo. He is supposed to be the person who is running the remedial English uh, summer school. Uh, but lo and behold, via a scratch-off ticket, he wins $50,000 and goes, <laughs> I don't need you suckers anymore. <laughs> <I'm> out. <laughs> and the vice principal then has to find a replacement. Everyone is leaving and nobody wants the job, including Mr. Shoop, who unfortunately has to take the job because by the law of not it he is the last <laughs> one in the parking lot mm. and has to cancel his hawaiian vacation which is just cruel well the he doesn't cancel it his girlfriend goes on it without him oh look kim if you love me i mean even if you just like me a lot you won't do this. Shoop, if I didn't like you, I wouldn't ask you to drive me to the airport now, would I? Apparently, they were planning on spending three fucking months there. I know. Yeah, she's just gone. I wish. Well, <laughs> he's got a surfboard. You're checking that? You're checking your surfboard? You couldn't Wait. just rent one while you're there? Yeah, oh, It was 1987. You got free checking back then. Oh, and true. And on planes. Oh. And right. Also, you just and probably smoking. just, like, drove up to the plane. You probably loaded yeah, your yeah, own luggage yeah. back then. <laughs> You're like, don't worry, guys, I got this. Yeah, I yep. got worried as I was watching it, where I was just like, wow, this is just 
very competently made. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what are like, we going to talk about? It's also, yeah. this is like a Paramount movie, so the ideas are good. It's being executed well, and they're doing exactly what they mean to. Nothing's falling short. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, the budget is there. They right. don't have too little. They don't have too much. They can do what they need to do. I know. They get to go to Six Flags for a montage? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right. Very little of this movie I found ridiculous beyond the parts they wanted us to think was ridiculous. Truly the only thing is the reliance on Chainsaw and Dave that yeah. the movie does have, which is like... They're not the main characters, but they are the, like, amped-up Jay and Silent Bob that they were just like, <laughs> all right, we just got to get more Dave and Chainsaw in there. And it's just yeah. like, well, yeah. like, maybe less is more. And they're just like, no, more is definitely more. Mm. Yeah, I will say and I didn't hate them as much as you did, but I really liked them. But I also agree I could have used a sh- Screen time with Dave and Chainsaw is less screen time with Rhonda, with Denise. They were leaned on so heavily and were not as interesting because it was like they were like, okay, they're quippy and they're drunk and they're, you know, they're the fucking uh, Spagolis. There was a lot to find objectionable about Chainsaw. And and you saying, Dave, uh, Greg, has made me... Like I did, it was Chainsaw and Chainsaw's familiar. I didn't I, 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 like even in the roll call scene, the 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 Chainsaw's friend he doesn't get called upon. No, we don't no. get we get everyone else. Yeah, they give up out halfway through. Remedial English, huh? I got it easy. I have honor students. They're here voluntarily. Can you believe it? No. I've seen some of your students. Very scary. You must be a good teacher. Ah, uh, shucks, Robin. I don't know. We do the like fish out of water. Uh, Shoe has to whip these kids into shape, and then he meets a pretty teacher, and he takes the tact of lying to her. Yep. <laughs> and so, and he, and you know, pretends to be a good teacher, and she's like really firing back with some really high quality equipage. I know Carl Reiner didn't write this movie, but it's almost like Sid Caesar's uh, Porkies. The like wh- there was like a lot of like <laughs> we're the unsung heroes. We're doing God's work, and I notice you're not wearing a wedding ring. Yeah, my mother noticed that too. The class like starts swearing, like, "Oh, we get cussed in here," and they're like, "Fuck that!" And Kirstie Alley comes in and she says, "Could you focus on lewd gestures for a while? You're distracting my students next door." Like, she pretty had good. Some great. Yeah. yeah. I did like the like him asking her out, and he's like, "Do you like Chinese?" And she goes, "No, I hate it." He's like, "Cool. Do you want to go out and not eat Chinese?" Like, <laughs> this is a great line. He is a numbskull. And she is, like, giving him Henny Youngman. And he's, like, just, like, lying and being like, they're pretty. And it's like, the bar's been set too low, fellas. We gotta do better. I mean, this whole movie continues to show us why women in the 80s literally couldn't win. It was like, you either have, like, reasonably pretty, but not, like, uh, Mark Harmon in this movie is not like, ooh, hot, like, you know. He's a, he's like a good-looking dumbass. And then, like, s- slimy snake man are, like, your two <laughs> options. It's like, oof, that's tough. She should have taken the, the money that her parents were, were looking to spend on a wedding and gone to, like, Denmark for a couple months. <laughs> uh, it is important to point out the voice principal brings in an exchange student, Anna Maria Mazzarelli. 
who and all my <laughs> feminist ideas went out the window <laughs> at that no. point. Oh, who Chainsaw I... and Dave just trip over themselves. Still and not as skeezy as it could have been. I'm yeah. still saying. Like, it, uh, like yeah. The <laughs> bar was low, but it yeah. still cleared it. Yep. <laughs> Anna Maria Mazzarelli played by the woman who later c- came to play a lot of Fachina. Yeah, I know. Wait, what? That yeah. was <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We do also lose Jerome basically at this point in the movie. Uh, but what I appreciate—I about- love that you knew Jerome. I know Jerome, yeah, because I, I wrote down where's Jerome. Everyone should be asking where's Jerome. I feel like why Jerome implanted in my head, besides my own racism, <laughs> is uh, that it was like that feeling, like when you meet Kiersey Alley for the first time and they uh, talk to each other, and you're like, oh no, this is gonna be like a a jerky guy hits on a pretty girl at work scene and then she's like it the scene ends with her being like uh yeah maybe we'll go out let's talk after school and then they do he leaves it's like oh that was like the way humans interact (laughs) all right (laughs) Uh, and then yeah like anna maria mazzarelli comes in and sure chainsaw and dave fall over themselves to get her attention but are are very much like uh, here are our interests. Like, yeah, we really want to just share our. This is the greatest you. movie ever made. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and then in a class where Denise already fulfills our people of color yeah, uh, quota. quota. <laughs> for eighties movie. Yeah. Uh, for eighties movie, <laughs> and then one. this this big black guy stands up and says, "My name's Jerome." And like our teacher Mark Harmon, like 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 looks at like <laughs> stares up at him. I was again like, oh no, yeah. this is gonna be a constant joke about like the big black guy, the scary black guy in the class. And then that doesn't happen no. either. Like I, he just I, yeah he splits. I, he does he does movie, the scream two thing where he's just like all right I'm just gonna piece out of the movie and come back when it makes sense for yeah, me to yes. do so. It's almost like other filmmakers see people as tropes i think what i love about carl reiner stuff and mel brooks stuff is they think the tropes are funny because there are real people behind them because they like see the human like the obvious juxtaposition of the trope when you lean any like human experience on top of it you need someone who like finds tropes and stereotypes funny not in and of themselves but because they are inherently at odds with the obvious humanity of the person it's representing john Mm. hughes wishes (laughs) totally absolutely (laughs) yeah this movie did not have enough gongs leading a character into a scene god shoop doesn't know what to do with the kids because he's not a teacher he's a gym teacher but um brutal uh, (laughs) those who can't teach 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 gym Uh, but yeah, chainsaw... this is like school of English. Is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chainsaw just so happens to have a bunch of permission slips for field trips with them. And then they decide, okay, we'll just go on some fucking field trips. And then they go on like the raddest field trips you can imagine. There's go-karting, there's Six Flags, there's a petting zoo, which is less rad than the other two. Even though we were making the jokes, I hadn't really thought about the fact that, like, this is a little like a precursor to Linklater, and then he did make this movie with School of Rock. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God! No, I, I wasn't even really making it. Like, I, yeah. I, I genuinely do think, like, this movie oh my God. does feel like it's coming out of one era of high school comedy. 
and yeah. no i agree it's not. just i didn't think about like even the tie of like this is school of rock just with a different bent totally 100 yeah, yeah. percent. yeah you know i just didn't i didn't really put that even though i made a school of rock jo- i wrote down yeah. a school of rock joke. <laughs> <laughs> they're having a good time they're doing all their stuff they're going on field trips but then alan's grandma tattles on them to the vice principal and uh all the good times end, and that's when we get up the setup for the stakes of the movie. The vice principal will let everything slide if the kids pass their final exam. The next day, Shoop's like, all right, kids, this is what you're going to do. And he's dressed in a suit. And they're like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Uh, Alan makes a deal with Shoop. Look, we don't want you to lose your job. (laughs) Think about what you're asking. You want us to study? The thought did cross my mind. Well, what's in it for us? What do we get out of it? Literacy? Oh, I'm sorry, I got nuts. Uh, I'd like to help. What can I do? Give me your car. And your house. And your dog. See ya. Wait, 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 Mr. Shoup, wait. There's room here to negotiate. What if you granted each one of us one wish? Before that, in that scene, a wild line. And Shoup goes, Gills is having a cow about our field trips. Unless you all pass that test, my job, Memorex. Like wait, who what? wrote who wrote that? Yeah. Well, that's funny because that is a topical joke. Yeah. It actually doesn't get less topical because it's about the fact that Memorex <laughs> was over in 1997 and it continues to be over today. <laughs> we had all forgotten about Memorex by 1987, so that joke only ages beautiful. Well, it only gets yeah. better. It ages like fine new code. <laughs> <laughs> To summarize... The contract that the kids sign verbally yeah. with, with Shoop. They've uh, got an adult over the, over a barrel. Yeah. 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 And they are really... They are really so giving Rhonda, it to him? Is that what over a barrel no, means? Is I that someone getting fucked the, yeah, on top of his barrel? Shoop, that's literally what it means. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. According to dictionary.com, uh, this slangy expression... First recorded in 1938, supposedly alludes to reviving a drowning victim by placing the body head down over a barrel and rolling it back and forth so as to empty the lungs of water. The expression survives, although happily the practice does not. I could have sworn it was someone getting. Uh, yeah, I wow, that makes was me feel sort of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I assumed barrel-based sodomy. Right, we just all <laughs> jump there. Carl Reiner would know. Carl Reiner would subvert that expectation there and have go. the real joke. So the deal that they make, Rhonda needs a Lamaze coach. Kevin, the football player, needs to needs be- get better at football. Get better at football, Denise I guess. Denise needs a, bri- a driving instructor. Mm-hmm. Da- Chainsaw and Dave need a ride to the beach every day. No, to their job every day. Oh, to to and job. from their job. And they want to host a 4th of July party at his his house, which is on the beach. And Alan wants to go to the party. Oh, yeah. And, and they get to show Texas Chainsaw Massacre in, in class, the class. To Anna Maria. Because, to Anna Maria. As, a, as a means of education. Larry wants the the narcoleptic wants a bed. It is important to point out and because it comes back later and is a great running gag that one of the characters is just fully as Larry is fully asleep during every single scene in the class until a certain point later on. And then Pam cryptically says, Uh I'll tell Mr. Shoop when the time is right. Yeah, the fact that he didn't shut that down immediately is like a problem. That was really weird. Pam? 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 Now or something? Alan does. Because Pam, our first scene, she's staring out the window and then 
leaves under the guise of menstrual pains to go surf because she loves surfing. She falls in love with Mark Harmon because of his spiritual use of the word phenom. Yes, and connecting to surfing. I mean, it's a tale as old as time when, Mm. like, oh, the teacher plays Grave Digger by Dave Matthews Band to the class one time, and you're like, I'm going to marry that man. (laughs) I will never meet a very specific example, Jamie. Josh. Uh, And I was that teacher. Josh. Grave digger. <laughs> 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 oh, Save yeah, Dave. Matthews. <laughs> As part of getting the kids to actually take this shit seriously, Shoop realizes he has to take it somewhat seriously. So he goes to Miss Bishop for some help on learning how to teach. And she says to, like, appeal to their interests. When the kids are all making their demands upon yeah. Shoot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were two chainsaw moments that I thought are my <laughs> only parts of chainsaw that I was like genuinely like this character, not just like what he's doing or something, right? And it was the fact that Shoop's there to be serious. So he says, like, sit down, Francis. Dave's like, come on, man. Like, this guy's really trying to help us. And Chainsaw's like, they called me Francis. <laughs> Which was great because in the first scene, the, his most like realistic dialogue is he's like, Francis, blah, blah. And he goes, uh, don't ever call me that. <laughs> Which is the funniest way to address a teacher. <laughs> don't ever call me that. But then as they're making their demands, they say we, sh- we should show a screening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre by the, I think they say the esteemed Tobey Hooper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, we should say, to belated joke, that scene, it's a little less stand and deliver and a little more demand and deliver. <laughs> <Come on! laughs> High demand. five, Jamie. <laughs> I have rhymezone.com up. I was like, what rhyme would stand? What rhyme would stand? Got, got it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Mr. Shoop shows them why English is necessary, which is lying <laughs> to uh, <laughs> corporations. corporations to get free stuff, which is uh, you know yeah. a better explanation than my Where's teachers ever gave me. Yeah. <laughs> and it fucking works, because I got a box of sunglasses at the end. It's more than I ever got from English class. <laughs> they have a house party on the 4th of July with exploding cantaloupes that chainsaw and dave make yeah it was funny casey before you're talking about how this movie like had a budget and like was realized and it's like there weren't a lot of shortcomings i would say probably this party scene would be maybe the only yeah 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 listen i love a good exploding melon but there are a lot of like things happening in this party that do seem like there were only five or six extras that they could get at any one time and so they're just like yeah we'll shoot that in a medium weirdly and uh, were there actually any other people besides the class here yeah i don't think so Uh, i don't i really don't i I think it might have just been the class the deal was the class yeah forget like what he actually goes to jail for later can you imagine if anyone actually found out that he hosted <laughs> a party with like drugs and alcohol for his students at his house Were on the fourth of july alcohol? wasn't there, there was yeah i mean he was, yeah. cleaning there was, there was up, he was cleaning up alcohol i mean there was, there was right bars. and at that and at that party one of his female students goes into his room while <laughs> he's in his yep. room first and closes the door for some amount of time it's not a great look, Mister. No, Mr. it's Shook. not. It's really not. And I know he's just like a bored guy, but God, man, 
get your act together yeah. at least a little bit. I think it's his character flaws. He genuinely doesn't read these as red flags. No, <laughs> he does at some point because yeah. she literally is like, "I want to bone you," yeah. and he goes, "Oh boy." <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just doesn't want to deal with it. He's like, "Uh, let's go back to the party." Yeah, because her argument, because she sees the picture of his current slash ex girlfriend. It's complicated, as Facebook would say. Yeah, his girlfriend 21. is twenty one. She's sixteen, and she's like, "That may not seem like a big difference now, but just think, someday she's gonna be sixty six, and I'm gonna be sixty one. And who would you rather be with then?" <laughs> he does have a good deflect, though. Yeah. He's just like, "Well, I'm gonna be seventy five either way, so it doesn't matter." Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's, that's pretty good." good. good. Well, but, yeah. but then that means mathematically means he's now. 30. Yeah, yeah. And 21 is... <laughs> it's still... I would, I would even say... Punch it low. If you're dating a 21-year-old, it's creepy. They better be a mature and uh, with it 21-year-old. And Kim is with it enough to go on that vacation alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally, like, fucking taken aback during the 4th of July party scene. Like, halfway through the party, we cut oh, out yeah. to Meathead and Rhonda, like, sitting on a lifeguard thing. And, like, this fucking jock character who thus far has basically just been, like, der football. Uh, <laughs> now being like, what's it like to be pregnant? I was like, "Wow, are we in a different movie now?" <laughs> but that scene, that scene at the lifeguard thing is just it feels so out of place in like a beautiful way where it like it just made me appreciate just the like little colors of life it threw into this, like the fact that that scene obviously they're setting up the ending. How much longer? About 5 weeks. God, it's going to be amazing. I know. You'll be a mother. Yeah. Like, obviously, <laughs> she was saying, I'm excited to be done with this. Yeah. And that drama is, like, built into this, like, really sweet scene. The capper to the scene, I love. Shoots dog. Wonder Mutt fetches a firework that Dave throws <laughs> and brings it back and it puts it on the couch. The couch ignites into flame. Actually, Shoop has it fairly under control. He has a fire extinguisher, which I thought was pretty mature for this, you know, man-child to have a fire extinguisher in the house. Shoop gets the fire extinguisher, puts out the couch fire and then they dump his fish they kill his fish they kill to be fair though fish. there was a huge fish tank for a singular goldfish yeah goldie han needed a little bit of space don't yeah, <laughs> yeah i was like oh this is a curse shoop has been cursed yeah. by these kids <laughs> oh i feel so bad for shoop like Awful. Yeah, he, they get his house ruined and like, life it we is, we ask is. too much of teachers that's all uh, i'm saying but it does feel like at some point off screen Shoop has been subject to a a, a hex of some sort. Yes. Well, in the next scene, Shoop saves Chainsaw and Dave from getting arrested for public drinking, underage drinking, and he gets arrested instead and dragged away on roller skates, which was oh. actually really funny. You guys are good men. Thank you. Thank you. You're under arrest for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. What? Officer, that's not really my bike. Hey, your dog? Yeah? No dog on the beach. $50 fine. He's not really my Let's dog. Roll. He just thinks he's my dog. No, really, he's a neighborhood dog. He just hangs out at my place because there's more garbage here than any place. I find such little delight in... Haha, ha, this guy's about to get assaulted in prison. Like, <laughs> yeah, jokes. right, sure. right. Like, yeah. those are usually, like, so just tired for me and... 
him walking into the scene saying, "Is there a beginner's cell?" Which <laughs> <laughs> is very fun, a very funny line, and then getting pushed into the cell and rolling roll. over on his rollerblades. <laughs> so good he just slowly rolls into the cell so killer so great into two like seven foot tall scary looking men and then he he whips out a pack of spearmint and goes gum (laughs) (laughs) this is great and then comes out with an earring because he made a friend (laughs) it turns out that kirstie alley aka ms bishop and gills are in fact dating uh and she is of course learning throughout the movie that he's not quite right for her but who will she who could she end up with yeah right <laughs> uh, another you know what we'll we'll find out at the end gills i kind of love that he gets a little bit of character development yeah like he's not just a total schmuck he's like a total schmuck with like a little bit of taste shoop calls his bishop and is leaving her message basically as they're as gills and her about to leave and he's like please god don't tell gills he's a fucking piece of shit i don't want to oh hello you know, <laughs> you know obviously wants to get bailed out and there's like kind of that interplay where where gills is like robin we have a very long drive ahead of us if we go downtown now we'll be stuck in all that traffic and that's okay with me because then we'll be helping our good friend mr shoop and you won't think i'm a shit like yeah, i yeah. love that he knows that he's being a piece of shit and like calls himself out on it which yeah. is yeah. like a level of humanity that this character rarely gets yeah i don't know if it's just age or whatever but i spent a lot of this movie like gills is a is a jerk but right (laughs) gills is like it's like it's a movie yeah where like the bad guys right for the wrong reasons and the good guys wrong for the right reasons like he which is good makes it a good movie yeah Yeah. because it's like shoop is a bad teacher shoop is not giving these kids what they need and it is only because shoop like is accidentally fucking Montessori as fuck. Yeah. Like, that just being a, a cool surfer has made him perfectly attuned to like treating teenage humans who need it like adults. The following scene is is easily the best scene in yes. any movie ever, 100%. which is feeding a dog peanut butter with your fingers. Peanut butter uh, and, and jelly. jelly. But no uh, bread. And jelly. Just like dipping your fingers in one jar, in the other jar, and uh, hanging a lantern on it saying, you know what's the one thing we need? Besides bread. (laughs) Yeah. A woman who appreciates what we have to offer. In a movie where a 16-year-old student blatantly propositions their teacher and then moves into that teacher's house, (laughs) the truly inappropriate relationship was between that man and his daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's a Jamie spoiler. (laughs) Their oral relationship extends (laughs) beyond snicker snacks. The guy loves his dog. Wondermutt gets in on some kissing action. The guy loves his dog. Now I'm concerned. (laughs) Let me just say that. We have a particularly strange cut where... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Says, I need a cultured, intelligent woman, one who, like, appreciates me for me, blah, blah, blah. Cut to horny lady yelling at a male strip club. I mean, he's smart enough to know that he's not going to pick up a lady at a strip club for men. Which means he was, like, horny for this lady who's got, like, Harvey Firestein's voice. And he's just, like, screaming at a guy in chaps to come, like, sit on her face. Bring those buns over here. Mama's got some software for you, baby. You see very quickly that the, the stripper that they're all cheering for is Larry, the kid who's been sleeping in school, which is honestly the best part of the movie. What? Yeah. Like, it's a payoff to a bit, and then the bit that builds out of that bit is even <laughs> so funnier. Yep. Yeah. But, like, that happens so quickly that you forget that, like, 
wait, fucking dude was cruising. Like, yeah. he was cruising <laughs> yeah. the, the male strip club for horny ladies. And there's just the one quick moment where Shoop's like, you know, if you got some sleep, I think you'd do way better in school. And Larry's like, I'm as hot as I'm ever going to be. <laughs> and all of these women want to have sex with me. And I make an ass load of and money. And I make money. a shit ton of money. Would you stop this if you could? And Shoop's like, nah, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the rest of the movie, Shoop's like, I loved later in yes. the Texas Chainsaw scene when they're like, when Chainsaw's like, Larry, wake up. You're missing it. Shoop's like, Larry's not missing anything. Let him sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest, so I know. The funniest line of the movie. The best delivery. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then we cut to David and Chainsaw doing a book report for Video High scene. That we're talking <laughs> yes. About. How yes. they, how they love Rick Baker. Very, 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 very much. It's 100 words on the nose. You can if you want. Which is, like, so wildly on the nose when you start to deal with fucking eighth graders. And they're just like, no, 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 what if it's 1.5 times uh, type? Mar- now, the margins is what you got to do. Yeah, you right. Gotta that's fix what, yeah. the Control F, find all the periods, yes. make them 14 point yeah. yeah, You're not going to notice, but I'll tell you, adds about a quarter of a page. He tells them that they have a field trip next Monday to the courthouse because he went to jail for these motherfuckers. It's the least <laughs> you can do. Yeah. And Chainsaw like, looks at him and goes like, you went to jail for us, man? Okay. Yeah, I'm, st- I know. I'm still going to ask you for I'm things. still going to keep, still going to be very demanding. Shoop goes home and finds Pam waiting for him, and her wish is to move in with him mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she... Has nowhere to live now because her brother has too many kids, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. she reluctantly agrees to. Mm-hmm. That's the moment where, if real life this this happened, and like one of your students is like, "I literally don't have a place to sleep. Can you put me up?" Your response should never be yes. Yeah, it okay. should be. I can help you yes. find a place. Yes. I have it's, I will be friends. the adult in the situation and let us fu- get to the root of the problem. But and like and it's made all the more complicated by the fact that she dragged her whole family to his house <laughs> so that like she could be like, "Look, I'm not lying." And he they, he said I could stay and it makes everything so much sadder than it is. Even oh, more yeah. sad. They're all there ready to go surfing. Yeah, like, afterwards. <laughs> oh good, you're all set, Pam. Great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, see you later. Have fun at your teacher's house. It's so weird and sad. Pam, look, my place is very small. It's perfect. Look, Tommy, it's my brother. He had another kid, and Angela, she's his wife. She wants to move the twins back into Gail's room and then put Sally in the den, which means I lose the couch. Yeah, well, well my couch is real barbecue. The floor is fine. Mr. Shoop, everybody else got their wish. He's he's drifting on the highway and just barreling over median cross. Like you yeah. forget red flags. He's yeah. like on. He's he's into on the sidewalk now. Like he's just losing. <laughs> yeah. So when when there's a fawning sixteen year old going, I'll I'll sleep on the floor. I'll sleep at the foot of your bed. Yeah. I'll bring, I'll bring you your newspaper in the morning. Yeah. I'll, I'll lick peanut butter off your finger. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the bread. I'll, I'll be, be the, the bread. bread. <laughs> No, and it's a good thing that Kirstie Alley later gives him a little sensitivity training and is just yeah. like, like yeah, okay, it, it this is where that. you say no. Yeah, <laughs> It's sad that it takes Kirstie Alley telling him for him to actually do something 
do the right thing about it. Because his biggest crime is he is a man-child that doesn't understand, kind of, like, he wants to be best friends with all these students. And so, like, even though he has an inkling, obviously, that Pam's in love with him, like, he kind of views it as, like, oh, she's a little crush on me. It's fine. It's like, no, no, no. Everything about this is dangerous. Yeah. You need to stop. Yeah, he <laughs> takes the, like, I'll, she'll get over yeah, it Yeah, she'll attitude. get over it. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of, like, let me actually confront this. But, he, yeah, you're right. He wants to be friends with all the kids. Yeah. And he is. And it actually, now that I think about it, it actually works really well in the structure of the movie because there is the like breaking point later where he, where he does realize like, oh, I have to be an actual teacher, yeah, and stand up for myself because these kids are exploiting me. The next day they're watching uh, Chainsaw Massacre in the class. They get a uh, delivery of cool do sunglasses for Chainsaw because it turns out their letters worked. Yeah, and Denise needs help with her letter, so she asks Alan for help, and he shows it to Shoop, and it turns out that she's dyslexic. Kirstie Alley tells Mark Harmon that she's dyslexic, and he's like, it's not in her file. And he, she's like, no, she's dyslexic. You need to get her help. And that really hit me. I started crying. Like, like this emotionally hit me, where I'm like, oh my god, that, like we're confronting the fact that like, this kid... Like, does need extra help. She's fallen through the cracks. And, like, this goof-off teacher is kind of the only one to catch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was really interesting. And I feel like not something you saw in movies from 1987. Well, how could she get this far without anybody finding out? She slept through the system. What happens when she gets out in the real world? Wait a minute. Is this the same guy that took his English class at a petting zoo? So... Shoop takes Denise and Chainsaw and Dave to get their driver's test. Chainsaw needs Shoop's car and totally wrecks it, mm. which is such a fucking asshole oh, move. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but Denise passes her test, and he she- confronts her, telling her that she is dyslexic. Well, she says she owes him something because, like... He, because it's such he, a big deal. It's such a big deal that he helped her pass it. And he's like, well, yeah, you owe me something. There's one thing you can do. I know that you have dyslexia. I have a teacher that you should start seeing so that you can work on, like, helping you through this. I loved it. So it's like, oh, damn. I love that he, like, he offers a practical solution. He's not just, like... You got dyslexia. You should take care of that. Yeah, like, no, no. <laughs> no they're, like, they're, the school offers things for this. I've looked it up. Here's the person... You can do this. Mr. Shoop. It's really pretty cool. Uh, but he is pissed at Chainsaw for detaching his fucking bumper. As he should be. Yeah. <laughs> Chainsaw sucks. They're sort of cursed with each other because they both lack an awareness of consequences. It's just that Chainsaw is still at his most selfish. So Shoop is like, he doesn't really understand consequences, but he's like a, a more selfless per like, like he's reached... He actually cares about other people. Right. <laughs> Whereas, like, that whole scene, Chainsaw wrecks his car, fails the test, and just, like, is the whole time is screaming, like, I don't deserve this. Like, yeah, I yeah. should get everything I want. Yeah, and he's, he's berating the driver. It's <laughs> your fault I crashed. That's when it really hit me, like, oh, they're, they're the same, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Shoop and Chainsaw. The next thing, Pam oh. is cooking dinner for Shoop. Yeah, and she walks in and she goes, hey, honey, welcome home. And that, yeah. you gotta jump on that honey like- shit right <laughs> away. Talk about, like, just beyond red flags. Like, you were, at this point, Shoop it is, is just... Shoop is colorblind. Yeah. Shoop is clearly colorblind. Absolutely. Like, Which- what are these flags in front of me? Uh. All... all- all the yeah, must driving. be green. They must be saying they must be waving me on to keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this scene is like wildly uncomfortable, but 
also has my favorite production design flares, which include a couple of fish-shaped hot hands. Yes! (laughs) Which I was like, these rule. Which apparently were Pam's that she brought with her. Because she she... leaves the scene with it later, which is weird. Seemingly Um, she brought everything house care related that you needed. Because she also takes the tinfoil. Curious how that comes in. Yeah, definitely says like, this isn't cool what you're doing, but not also not at the level of intensity she should be. Yeah, it's like, like, look, Shoop, I say this to you because I'm a friend. This whole living with your 16-year-old student thing, that might come back to bite you. (laughs) I I feel like the way she phrases it, like, yes, she absolutely should be coming, bringing down the hammer much harder. But I I do like the way she phrases it, where she says, I just hope having a maid is worth the damage you you can do to that girl. Which is... God, yeah. that cuts. Yeah. Like, it's it's, it's like good. a, I'm not mad, I'm disapp- I'm just disappointed. Like, you hear that and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Unf- and- Unfortunately, that line was preceded by uh, Shoop saying, but my laundry has never smelled so good. <laughs> and her response was, I'm sure it's April fresh, which is another product placement. <laughs> That was the downy slogan at that time. Like, it's wild to be like, okay, we're going to throw our product placement in immediately (laughs) before selling one main character that the other main character has, like, an irresponsible relationship with their student. (laughs) Shoop does tell her that she needs to leave. He doesn't tell her that she needs to leave. You know how when you're on your board and you see the perfect wave rolling in and you think you got it? Mm Mm-hmm. Only something happens and, and, and you don't get it. I mean, the key to the whole thing is timing. If you're even a little out of sync, you're grim. You've blown the barrel. You're seaweed. It's this not you, just... Pam. It's the statutory laws in this, in this <laughs> county. Uh, you know, sometimes the wave doesn't want to go to jail yeah. for 10 to 15 years. That was the weirdest thing because he tries that metaphor. She kind of misreads it yeah. as a 16-year-old would. It'd be like, I get it. You're the perfect wave and I'm a seaweed. And then instead of instead of being like, no, no, hey, look, I'm I want to help you out. I care about you kids, but like this, the relationship ends there, uh, and I think that you maybe we could try to find you a bit. He goes, hey, I'm your teacher, (laughs) which feels more panicked and like weirdly like uh, actually you're the one who's being weird. You're the one who's been inappropriate this whole time. There's a great payoff in the next scene. Larry's awake, for, which Shoop is incredibly surprised by because his mom and aunt came to one of his shows. Yeah, the problems of Larry's really puts in perspective everyone else's, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> it does not seem as big a deal. Even the Pam situation seems light. Oof, I in mean, comparison to what Larry has lost in this <laughs> night. What's wrong with you? I got fired. He found out my real age. Hey, I didn't say a word. No, I'm sorry. My mom came to a show. Your mother? It was a nightmare. And before she knew who I was, she put five bucks in my G-string. And then my Aunt Edna, she kisses me with tongue and rips off my mask. Your mom freaked out. I'm sorry. You're sorry. I'm at my sexual peak. And once a guy hits 18, it's all downhill. But it's a lovely ride. The class goes to court. Robin shows up for Tshoop's defense, but... The charges are dropped anyway. Gil's there and outside tells him that he's uh, filing a report anyway. I don't care that the charges were dropped. <laughs> Robin sees this and breaks up with him on the spot. 
Uh, and he's like, aren't we supposed to go to lunch? And she does another great quip from Robin. Order two lunches, one for each face. Bah, bah, bah. Oh, yeah, I'm fucking rast him. Rast him. Place. That is exactly how an English teacher burns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At this point, the kids try to extort Shoop for some more wishes. But finally, he's being an adult yep. and just gives up. He says, you guys drop out and be illiterate. I'm going to Hawaii to be to be tan. I almost was like, that should be the end of the movie. Yeah. It should <laughs> yeah. be a movie. Uh, and then we get like an animal house freeze frame. Yes. And it's like, oh, yeah. Pam dropped out of school and works here. Yeah. Chainsaw had... dropped out of school and got hit by a bus. Right. <laughs> Shoop got tan. <laughs> Gills takes over the class and brings in a new sub. I loved this scene he brings the sub to the class denise runs out covered in blood screaming they walk in and there's like a horror motif of the the class having been all killed in different interesting ways one of them has like a ruler being shoved in their mouth so the like mouth is like stretched out there's a hand crawling across the table what and a guy's like fingers stuck in the um pencil sharpener the pencil sharpener it's it's great like some hand taken off by a paper cutter pencil through the eyeball honestly chainsaw and dave maybe don't need to graduate they could just (laughs) become like creature effects people and like they're in la they yeah they they should be going to a different type of high school Yeah. yeah yeah the kids give gills an ultimatum and they say they want shoot back or they're going to keep torturing him. And this is when I stopped watching the movie. So here's <laughs> Whoa, what happens. So okay. Let's <laughs> fill in Jamie. Yeah. No, no. I'm telling oh, you what's oh, happening. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Jamie Kennedy, let's play What's the Ending? So the movie ends. Shoop, he's driving to the airport to go to Hawaii. And the kids all happen to chase after him. And because it's pre-9-11, they can run right up to the gate (laughs) and stop him from getting on the plane. And they say, Shoop, no, like, we talked to Gills. You're the only one who can be our teacher. We need you to be our teacher. And Shoop relents, and he comes back, and they take the test. And everyone passes except for Chainsaw. And because Chainsaw was the only person who didn't pass, then that means Shoot fails and he loses his job. Uh, But then everyone appeals and says, no, but look, we did well. We did well. And eventually wins it over and Shoop gets to keep his job, gets the girl somehow. That's the end. Holy shit. You almost nailed that. I was going to say, that is like wildly close. The problem is there's about... 25 minutes left in the movie yeah, at the point where Shoop like, goes up. Yeah. Even though it is wholly satisfying when he like lets the kids have it, there really is no reason for that. There really is no reason <laughs> for like the it's it's the, um, my favorite scene the the blood scene yeah, right the I, kind of will they won't they back and forth of like yeah. are they and gonna it, do the right thing are they like, gonna what is this, you know the sound of music yeah. Yeah. Like, and, it, on. and it only lasts one scene so you really don't need it from this to the end of the movie it really is kind of paint by numbers fucking trucks it really uh, trucks i mean with the exception of some like really lovely flourishes the, yeah jerome being the the <laughs> loveliest the absolute cat but i do love the kids go to visit shoop to convince him to come back he agrees to come back and then there's a montage of the kids studying and uh robin's helping out we learn that shoop's dog is named wonder mutt which i love there's a great little scene of chainsaw has a nightmare of not knowing anything he wakes up and even his mom calls him chainsaw <laughs> you told you you promised you'd call me ladybird that's exactly <laughs> that is exactly the vibe that chainsaw has uh how do you want your eggs honey fried scrambled i don't know what are eggs? I'll surprise you. How do you 
spell cat? I don't know. Honey, what's wrong? I don't know what's wrong. Every Everything's blank. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. really like that nightmare completely unnecessary it was cool it was well directed could totally yeah it was weird it was funny it was like why was that it's that's, out of a different movie or it should have just been in the first act it, it is like another one of those moments where just like a completely unnecessary scene at a point where the movie is chugging on plot yeah. to get through all the stuff it's just like lose it yeah it's like these minutes these precious minutes yeah. could easily have been used I'm, elsewhere i mean it's general jar jar binks isn't it it's like at this <laughs> point clearly the audience will have latched on the chainsaw so we need a big moment for him at the end great day for a test huh yeah hey shoot now for the teacher give him help it's the day of the test. It's the it's day, day of the test. Big day of the test. He hands him the bathroom pass, says he's been in the bathroom for six months. Zipper got stuck. Six weeks. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Eight yeah. months. Oh, wait. I love your terse Hemingway style, Josh, but <laughs> it, since you haven't seen this scene, Jamie, yes. there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jerome, who has, yeah, been totally out of the movie, is walking in. Mark Harmon, like, stops him. He's like, hey, this is just for people in this class. Jerome says, I am in this class. And Mark Harmon like looks like he doesn't recognize him at first, and then goes, "Yeah, hey, wait, you know, where have you been for six weeks?" And then from the bottom of the frame, he just holds up that bathroom pass. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. A plus comedy. A plus comedy. A plus comedy. It's beautiful. We get some '80s jams over a montage of them taking the test. Uh, Rhonda starts going into labor, but finishes the test anyway. Which I, that's great... something I didn't see coming. We smash cut. To the class hanging out at the beach. It's I think it's Shoop's house. Uh, it looked like, or were they just at the beach? I couldn't even tell. Yeah, it doesn't. Who knows? It's, it's just, all the same. It's the beach. Yeah, they're just all hanging out on a patio now. They're all they're all buds. And Rhonda says that she's giving the baby up for adoption, mm. which is like this really touching moment. Yeah, and they all just react. All these goofy '80s comedy movie characters react like so soberly to this very adult news and decision. Yeah. It was like suddenly we're in the fucking big chill or something, like, <laughs> right? Yeah, the ice storm or other cold movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Shoop walks by and he goes, "I'm gonna get the results from Gills tomorrow. The class average was below passing." And the kids go, "Does that mean we failed?" Shoop goes, "No." That means I failed. <laughs> Next time on NCIS, will, will it be JAG this time? <laughs> Finally, will on NCIS, NCIS be JAG? Is it JAG or... <laughs> Find out next week on NCI Jack. <laughs> Shoop is in the principal's office. Gills is handing the principal the paperwork. And the principal is like to fire Shoop. The principal's like reading off all the things he did. You're like, you did the fuck you did over the summer? Uh, but then the uh, the parents of all of the classmates come uh... in to speak on Shoop's influence. Not, not, only, not only come in, have been, have been waiting outside <laughs> the principal's very small door it's for, small for an indeterminate amount of time. Also, where has the minutes. principal been? I guess the principal yes. gets summers he off, but yeah, the vice yeah. principal yeah. does not. He said okay. at the beginning, you're in charge of you know, summer school is your responsibility. So the class oh, parents speak about their about the influence you've had. 
Um, but Gills is like, look at the tests, the test results, they failed. Uh, and then Shoop reads off the scores. Every, and he's like, look, the, everyone improved by like a significant amount, except Rhonda, but she was in labor. <laughs> he says, everyone's improved. And he goes, and Pam, first time he took this test, you got a 53. This time, you got an 82. Pam goes, wow, I scored the best in the class. And she goes, no, well, that guy Jerome got a 91. <laughs> <laughs> guy wasn't here for six weeks. So great. Principal agrees because he's like, well, that's 125% improvement across the board. Yeah, sure. And also you get tenure. <laughs> yeah. Not only are you not fired, you're tenured, which yeah, you're tenured, really man. flies in the face of literally all of the information uh, that we knew about the fact that he apparently <laughs> needed, absolutely needed, unequivocally yeah. needed Gil's support for tenure, <laughs> which was just simply not the case. <laughs> yeah. Which, well, when you think about it, checks out for Gills being like, Fair. I am the end-all, okay. be-all. I can destroy you. Wait, there's an assistant in front of her job. Yeah. <laughs> so on the beach, Shoop asks uh, Robin out again one last time. Uh, she says she'll think about it, and she kisses him. And then they're kissing on the sand. Wonder what's toy washes ashore. Yeah, I there's this there, runner. There was like a deep there was a deep oh, plot yeah. where there was like a raggedy Andy head that gets oh. lost sadly in the surf when uh when dejected Shoop is throws it and falls asleep before the students come and seemingly uh, it's lost forever and there's like a, a little micro scene where Shoop yeah, saws I, I, the I, head I off of another doll mm-hmm. and but it's not the same and it's not the right one and the dog is all sad i totally missed dejected. the first yeah. scene okay. so the runner was lost on me yeah well it's also not it doesn't really make sense like yeah. i mean it does make sense but it's not it's not set up well there's no point where it's like th- there's really a tacit acknowledgement that this is the the dog's like favorite toy. Yeah, it like just... Shoop never says, "Oh, your toy's gone." It doesn't. Yeah. While Shoop and Robin are kissing and making out on the surf, they don't notice that Wonder Mutt joins in on the kiss. I don't like that. <laughs> it's really weird. No, nah. Pass. Yeah, it's a three-way smooch. It's a smooch. Yep. It's a smooch with a pooch. Pooch smooch. Pooch smooch. And we end on a freeze frame like every 80s movie does. Uh, love a freeze frame. But yeah, and then we get playing us out. We get fucking, yeah, Danny Elfman doing the Caddyshack theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick fun fact from the IMDb trivia. Apparently, Carl Reiner arranged for the scene in which the students try to scare off a substitute teacher with blood effects to happen on October 31st so that the actors could wear their costumes and makeup to the Halloween parties they were attending that God evening. God damn it, Carl Reiner! Carl, maybe Carl Reiner was the, like, stand-and-deliver teen-inspiring teacher all along. Yeah, oh, that's very that. cool. I like that. That's even so fun sweet. because it's like a lovely little moment when they go to the beach to get him back. They're still in the makeup, so you know it keeps having these like meaningful close-ups of like, <laughs> like of like eyeball at, falling like, out. Yeah, like dumb nerd has like buzzsaw blade in his skull, being like, "You gotta come back, Mister Shoop." And then Rhonda's got like the ruler in her mouth, so he like turns around. And she goes. Rip off 
a book cut. I made some songs in the 80s. Apart from book cut. Then I did a bunch of movies. The Summer School Ripoff Report Card is brought to you by Shoops Scoops, Venice Beach's new ice cream stand featuring flavors like Petto Pistachio, <laughs> Confiscated Rum Raisin, and Chocodile. <laughs> Casey, I'd like to thank you so much for your wildly appropriate musical entrance theme because the summer school composer Danny Elfman is no stranger to literally anyone who has turned on a television or attended a movie after 1985. And while his career as one of the most prolific and decorated composers is interesting, what put him there is much more so. Danny Elfman and his brother Richard are L.A. natives. Born to Milton and Blossom Elfman, Danny took an early interest in science, having apparently very little musical motivation, and was actually rejected from his elementary school's orchestra for having, quote, no propensity for music. (laughs) When he ultimately switched schools, he fell in with a musical crowd that got him into jazz, Stravinsky, and the like. He finished high school early and wanted to travel the world, following his brother Richard to France and playing in an avant street theater with him. From there, Danny bussed around Africa, collecting West African percussion. When he ultimately returned home to LA, he joined a new project that Richard was starting. That project was the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, a Hmm. surrealist street theater troupe that began in 1972 and whose name was inspired by the fictitious secret society in the Amos and Andy show, The Mystic Knights of the Sea. The Mystic Knights were comprised of up to 15 members playing up to 30 instruments, including many created or adapted by Danny, including the aluminum gamelan, the Schlitz Celeste made from tuned beer cans, and a junkyard orchestra built from car parts and trash cans. They played jazz, standards, and originals, the breadth of their material being adapted music from 1890 to 1950. Members often played in white face or clown makeup. The Mystic Knights played around LA, sometimes in nightclubs, sometimes on the streets, until Richard ultimately left to pursue filmmaking in 1979. As the final hurrah, Richard and company made a film called The Forbidden Zone that was based on the Mystic Knights live show as a coda to the band that would continue as a pared-down eight-piece new wave band under Danny's direction, simply titled Oingo Boingo. The Forbidden Zone was a large commercial failure, but became a roaring cult movie that... Uh, apparently nearly bankrupted Richard in the process. He had very little experience filmmaking at the time, and the whole thing took about three years to finish, and apparently at points the cast and crew slept on the film's soundstage and wore spare gorilla suits to keep them warm during the night. (laughs) Oingo Boingo became Danny Elfman's major project once Richard left, and it was because of this that Tim Burton and Paul Rubens were fans of the band 
that Danny was pitched to score his first film, which was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Despite Danny's rising star in film, he continued to play and tour with Oingo Boingo until 1995, when he retired the band, citing hearing damage from touring and, of course, his film work. And that is the Summer School Ripoff Report Card. about Danny Elfman <laughs> uh, what he did before he was famous <laughs> that was cool but now we'll see our final thoughts or uh, for the uh, summer school wait I should have said cool second not see because that would have rhymed with school <laughs> Danny I'm sorry writing songs is hard I thought I could do what you did Elfman <laughs> Now that we've finished summer school, what, dear classmates, could end up on the final test? Which you will all need to pass. <gasps> or else I lose my tenure. <laughs> well, I'm going to go treat myself to some fresh chocodiles. Yes, delicious, yummy chocodiles. <laughs> Not at all a paid sponsorship for Video High, just my favorite snack treat, a Twinkie wrapped in chocolate. <laughs> It wasn't really about how much we all learned. It was all about the MacGuffin that put the whole set of circumstances in motion in the first place. Thank God. Thank God for a good MacGuffin. MacGuffins, brought to you by Chocodile. You guys go podcast to be illiterate. I'm going to go to Hawaii to be tan. I couldn't think of a final joke funnier than the fact that Kim the girlfriend of this movie, who you, I'm <laughs> sure, have all forgotten, was played by an actor named Amy Stock. And S-T-O-C-K. And that's funnier than anything I could possibly think of, right? Yep. But apparently Amy thought the same thing because Amy either returned to the original spelling of their name or, you know, just tried a new thing, became Amy Stock, S-T-O-C-H, and went on to be... Missy, the hot stepmom from all three Bill and Ted movies. What? So, you know what? It looks like me, who was memorexed all along. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's Bill and Ted. I don't think I said that. class here at Video High would love to thank our teacher, Mr. Philip Marlowe, Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra, and Gabriella Tessitore of Scout Harris for our theme song, Justin Ferraro of The Rizzos and Lowboy for our bed music, thank you to Ann Shearer for our amazing logo, and our Video High crew, Jamie Kennedy, Josh Roth, Casey Regan, and myself, Greg Hansen. On the next episode, we get the band, the Charles Band, back together for Dr. Mordred. So listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And drop us a line on social media. At Video High Podcast on Instagram, Video High on Facebook, and at Video High Pod on Twitter. You don't hear the laugh track going, aww. You hear me going, aww. (laughs) Denise is dyslexic! (laughs) Which for our Patreon contributors, you'll get... (laughs) 
Jamie going, oh, for any time you watch this movie. Yep. For any purpose, Patreon subscribers. <laughs> the oh, track no. is your own. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You'll also get that, oh, no. You'll get oh, that, oh, no. In your ear. Podcast Network.